Hi, thanks for checking out this message from our River Valley Church family here in Boise, Idaho. We hope that it encourages and inspires you. For more messages, be sure to check out our other podcasts. For more content from River Valley, go to our website, rivervalleyboise.com. Enjoy this message. Oh, I get to go first. All right. Oh, it's so good to see you. I hope my phone will work. There it will. I just want to challenge you this morning because that's what's been going on with me. The Lord's really been challenging me to get hold of some things as he is really working on the bride of Christ. Have you noticed that? And it's a good thing. It's right in the middle of a cultural war all around you. But isn't that like our God? Right in the middle of all kinds of situations, he just shows up. And he shows up with the answers that we need. And I want to challenge you this morning. Just like the Lord took Ezekiel to that valley of dry bones. If you'll read that passage, the Lord took him right in the middle of it. He didn't stand on the mountaintop looking down there. He took him right in the middle of it. And all he could see was a bunch of dry bones, death, and everything that went with it. And the Lord starts telling him, prophesy. And if you'll read, I'll just read you this one little portion. Uh, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. Yes. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am God. Yes. Um, this came to me at a, at a really challenging time, and it was a really unusual experience because. I'm not one of these that usually gets into a lot of the Hebraic names and everything. But I was just doing my little childlike thing, worshiping the Lord. And he said, Ruach. And I thought, hmm, I think I need to look that one up. And as I did, I realized it was the breath of God. It was the, the Holy Spirit life. And the Lord was reminding me that that's what's available to us. When we look to him, it doesn't matter what's going on. And I was saying, okay, Lord, uh, tell me about the timing of this. And the Lord started speaking to me about this season that we've been in now as the church all over the world for three, four years at least. And many of us had the breath knocked out of us. If you've ever experienced that, you don't just breathe in and you're wonderful again. Usually... You're thrown off balance, and, and you guys know a lot more about it medically than I do. But confusion and all kinds of crazy things can happen when the breath was knocked out of you. But we serve a living God. And the Ruach breath of life, 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 wholeness. And that's what he's calling to us to breathe in. So I want to challenge you because this is the challenge that he's given me. Sometimes I just need something tangible. And so the Lord just keeps reminding me, breathe in. And so sometimes when it's really tough and my mind's going all kinds of directions and, you know, I'm seeing all the dry bones and all the impossibilities, I'll just stop and say, and it's, it startles me sometimes, but it brings me to the reality of the breath of God is the creative breath of God that created everything. Amen. 
It's the same breath of God. In the new covenant, it's the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. So I want to encourage you. In the middle of all the messes that we can find ourselves in, sometimes just stop and do something childlike enough. Just breathe in real deeply. And it'll take you out of whatever that mindset is at that moment and turn you toward our almighty, amazing Father. Amen. We love you so much. Isn't she wonderful? Amazing. I get to go home with her. Hallelujah. I tell you, looking around here today, it's so great to see you. By the way, thank you for this awesome time in worship. Worship team, you've got an amazing worship team here in this church. The intimacy and the excitement that's in the air is palpable. You can feel it. You can taste it. You can breathe it in. And I want to say we spent some time with your leadership team, with your pastoral team, and you've got an awesome team of leaders in this church. Oh, we love you, Tim and Emily and all the leaders. God bless you. Amen. Well, I want to say that all of you are looking real good today. Oh, yeah, you're looking good. Tell your neighbor you look good today. Thank you. I knew I looked good. I appreciate that. I know I'm, I know I'm good looking. I've turned a little more silver since I was here, but I'm a good looking silver. And uh, I just thank God for the health that he's put in me to go this year to, in the, during this year, we've gone to Kenya and gone to Ivory Coast and gone to Uganda, getting ready to go to Kenya in less than two weeks. And uh, my motto of my life at this stage of my life is it's a good thing I'm young. Hallelujah. God has called me and I'm going and going to the nations. Very thankful I have the opportunity to be here with you with you today at River Valley. Thank you for inviting us to be a part of your, of your staff summit and being a part of this service here today. And we are just really blessed, really, really blessed to be a part of this family. For those of you that don't know, we are a part of this family. We, uh, we have adopted ourselves into the family, and uh, we love you, and we feel the love of the Father pouring through us for each of you. If we haven't gotten to know you, we want to get to know you and to be a blessing to your life that God has made his blessing to overflow in our lives. We give him all the praise. Hallelujah. Well, you're looking good today, but I know you didn't wake up looking this good. I wake up sometimes and all of my hair is on one side of my head. Sometimes all of my face is on one side of my head. But, uh, you know, I, I clean up and I'm looking pretty good today and, and you are too. <laughs> I uh, want to thank you for your hospitality, for the beautiful place you gave us to stay and for all that you've done for us and for the opening the opportunity to be able to share something from the word of God with you today. Your pastor asked me to just share from my heart today and I'm so thankful for that. If you came expecting a great sermon today, come back next week and you'll hear one. But I, I just want to share something from my heart today that God gave to me. I shared a little bit at the staff summit and your pastor encouraged me to share a little bit more today. 
And so I, I'm excited to have this opportunity to share the word with you. And I want to take a verse from 1 Samuel chapter 16, but I want to begin by telling the story of it. We're in ancient Israel, and Saul was the king, and Saul had turned his heart away from God. He began in humility, but pride rose up in him, and he turned his heart away from God. He began in the fear of the Lord, but he turned toward the fear of man. And the presence of the Lord departed from Saul, and God said, I'm going to choose a new king for Israel. And so he called the prophet Samuel to go and find a new king, and he sent him to an obscure village. He sent him to an obscure family, to the family of Jesse, and to find a king there. And he took his, a flask of oil for anointing the new king. And when he came there, he brought before him the sons of Jesse. The first one came was so tall and so handsome and so good-looking that Samuel said, surely this is the Lord's anointing. But then we come to this verse, verse 7, that says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as a man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. I want to say today that God is not looking at our physical appearance. Thank you, Jesus. God is not looking at how perfect your life is. Praise be to God. He's not looking at the things that you have done in your past that you're ashamed of. God is looking at your heart. For some people, that's intimidating to realize that God sees all of the inner chambers of our heart. But you've got to see how God looks into every one of those chambers with the greatest unimaginable love that you could ever experience. Because God has loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, he says, I've drawn you to myself with loving kindness. God has chosen you before the foundation of the world. God really loves you. Three people believe it here. God really loves you. And he wants to reveal his love to you. God is not looking at your past. He's looking into your heart. And he's looking to a better future than you've had in your past. Oh, I thank God for his great love for me. Rescuing me out of an alcoholic family. My father, an abusive alcoholic. My three older brothers, alcoholics. Amazing poverty and abuse in our home. But God rescued me when I was 10 years old. And my dad got saved and never drank again and showed me the most amazing love of a father that you could imagine. My father was changed from an abuser to a man who loved me with an incredible love, loved our family, poured out his life for our family. I grew up in the, in the love of God. I grew up believing in miracles because I saw it in my life. I saw it in my family. I saw it in my home. And I just got to say that that night when... Our family went to church together for the first time. My dad gave his heart to Jesus, and I gave my heart to Jesus that same night. When we went home that night, everything was changed. It felt like the devil had moved out of our house, and Jesus had moved into our house. 
I've seen miracles upon miracles upon miracles. But the greatest miracle is the revelation of the love of the Father that he has given to me. I want to say to you that God is looking at your heart with the most incredible eyes of love that you could ever imagine. As Jesus was in his last week of his life here on earth, he brought his disciples together and it says that having loved them all this time, it says he showed them the full extent. He showed them the ultimate love when he took the bread and he broke it and said, this is my body which is broken for you. He took the cup and said, this is my blood which is given, which is given for you. And that was the revelation of the love. If you want to see the heart of God, look at Jesus and how he poured out his life for us on the cross. How he gave up everything and poured his life for us on the cross at Calvary. You know, I want to say that God is focusing on your heart, to love your heart, to draw your heart to him, to heal your heart, to restore, restore your heart. God wasn't okay with all the bad things that have happened in your life, but God knows how to make them okay because he loves you. And so I believe God is calling us to focus on our heart, not on our abilities, not on our looks, not on our failures, but he's calling us to focus on our heart and the love of God that he has for us. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it spring the issues of life. Another version says guard your heart. And we've taken that in a negative way. Like we have to really be sure that our heart doesn't enter into something evil or something evil doesn't. But this is focusing on the goodness of your heart. That God calls us to keep the spring of our hearts pure. So that we're not willing to allow any impurity in our hearts. God knows how to remove the impurities of our hearts when we focus on God. And God is calling us to have a heart that's a heart after God, a heart that is seeking God, a heart that wants to know God. And that was the main characteristic of the man David. The Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. These are actually the words of God that I have found in David. A man after my own heart. I want to be that man. I want to be that person that has a heart after God. To know his heart. To fully open my heart to him. And allow his love to be revealed in me and through me. Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, undefiled, not contaminated. The spring is not contaminated, but it's pure. And he says they will see God. The first interpretation of that is that we will see God in heaven. But I believe God wants to bring heaven to earth and reveal the heaven of heavens in our hearts. As we focus on God, as we know God, we will see God in our lives here and now. And the kingdom of God will flow through our lives because of that revelation of who he is in our hearts. 
David said, create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit, a steadfast spirit within me. You know, your heart is the center of your life. It's the spirit man inside of you. And out of that will flow everything else in your life. Stop focusing on your abilities or inabilities. Focus on your heart and focus your heart on God. Be a man after God's heart. Be a woman after God's heart. Seek God. I want to tell you more than anything in the world, God is after your heart. God wants your heart. He loves your heart. He wants to reveal himself to you in your heart in this season in your life. Now I want to talk about what that means practically in our lives. And the first thing is that we have a heart of worship. We have a heart in the Word of God. We've spent time this morning in worship. We're spending some time in the Word. But that's not just for Sunday. That's for every day to spend time in worship to spend time in the Word. You say, well, I can't worship. I can't sing. God loves your voice. I mean, you've heard of a, um, a, someone that has a face that only a mother could love. I tell you, God has a heart for you. He loves your voice. I don't care how croaky it sounds. God wants to hear your voice in praise to Him every day. And God wants you to spend time looking for His heart, looking for His heart in worship, looking for His heart in the word. And then out of that, God wants to pour his love out through your life. And I want to share with you a few ways that God wants to do that. The first one is to your family. Your family. Your family needs the revelation of the love of God. Your family needs the heart, your heart focused on their hearts. So I just want to say that God is calling us to focus our hearts on our families. Focus your heart on your wife. Focus your heart on your husband. Don't allow your heart to be anywhere else but for there with the one that God has called you to. Somebody say amen. God has called you to be united. God has called me to live with the most beautiful woman in the world, the most wonderful woman in the world, the smartest woman in the world, the godliest woman in the world, the sexiest woman alive. She's amazing. I shouldn't have said that. You can erase that off of the recording. I may never be invited here again. She's so beautiful. I love her heart. That's my goal in my life to know, in our marriage, is to know her heart. My goal is to know God, but my goal in my marriage is to know her heart and for her to know, her to know my heart. And out of that, that we love our children. God has called us to focus on our children, and the main way that we do that is in prayer. I want to share with you something that God has called us to, and I'll invite you to consider it, and that is, Lavon and I have daily communion with some bread. It can, this morning we did it with some juice we found in the refrigerator. And we, uh, we had some chips there. And we had, uh, I don't know if that offends anybody, but we had communion this morning with some kind of crazy juice and chips. But our focus was on the body and blood of Jesus. And we declared the covenant of God over our lives today. And then that we called the names of all our children and grandchildren before the Lord. I believe the greatest, greatest 
gift that I have to leave in this world is not all the mission trips that I've done to Kenya and Uganda and, and Ethiopia and, and Asia. The greatest thing I can do is to put the names of my children in the ear of God every day. That's the most powerful thing that I believe I can do is put the names of my children in the ear of God, the names of my grandchildren in the ear of God. You have a powerful place to influence the lives of your children, influence the lives of your grandchildren in prayer. Oh, I had a grandmother that got saved, the first one in our family. She got really saved and filled with the Holy Ghost and started preaching on the streets of our little town in Mount Airy. She got kicked out of the church that she was in. She said, I received the Holy Ghost. They said, you didn't get it here. You'll have to go somewhere else. My grandmother prayed when our family was hopeless. Her husband had committed suicide. Her husband was a drug addict. My grandfather was a drug addict, suicidal, committed suicide. My dad was an alcoholic, but my grandmother got on her knees and began to call the names of her family before God, and she said, I know my family will be saved. My mother joined in those prayers. That's why I'm saved today. That's why my life was changed, because I had a praying grandmother. I had a praying mother. Oh, you don't know the power of a praying mother, a praying grandmother, a praying dad, a praying grandfather. You have a place before the throne of God to put the names of your children and your grandchildren and your family members in the ear of God. I believe God wants to hear it every day. And so we have communion. We declare the covenant of the body and blood of Jesus. Over, over our family. We have a great heritage on Lavana's side. Her father is now 97 years old, lives by himself, drives his car. I took him to get his driver's license. They gave him his driver's license until he's 100. He drives without any glasses. He goes to church every Sunday, gives his tithes like he's done since he was a teenager, and he has prayed for his family. And I am blessed to be, un he's my spiritual father, and I I'm so thankful that I have had people who prayed for me. Now it's my turn. Now it's my turn to influence the hearts of my children in prayer. And you know, I believe God wants to take it out beyond that from where we are. I don't know what time this service is supposed to close, but I think around 2.30. Um, I don't know if any of you brought lunch, but I've, I'm going to finish in just, just a moment. But I believe God wants us to focus on the hearts of people around us. To focus especially on the hearts of people that seem so hard. To focus on the heart of your boss. Believe it or not, she has one. Believe it or not, your boss has a heart. And God loves your boss. God loves your coworkers. God loves the people around you, and God is after their hearts. Call their names in prayer. Quit cursing them. Quit swearing their name. And focus your heart on praying for them, and God can change. God can change their lives. God and Levon and I are focused on our neighbors. We're focused on knowing every, every person that's in our subdivision, knowing their names, knowing their children's names, knowing their dog's names, and praying for them. And we're seeing God work in, our, work in our neighborhood. We're seeing God work in our community. 
we're focusing on the hearts of people. I have a neighbor who said, oh, the best thing about COVID is the churches are closed, and I hope they stay closed and never open again. I love that man, and I'm praying for that man. He's going to get saved. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Focus on the hearts of people. Focus on loving the hearts of people. God can change anybody. But he doesn't want to do it from the outside, from demands placed on them. He wants to do it from the inside, from their heart being changed. I want to share with you then... As, as I'm finishing up 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16 and 17. Therefore, from now, on, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Let me stop there and say that God is focusing, and he's calling us to focus not on the flesh, not on ours, not on the people around us, but to focus on their hearts. God is calling us to not know people by the flesh, by the way they look, by the way they act, by their problems in their life, but God is calling us to focus on their hearts. That's a mature spiritual person when you focus on the heart of people rather than on the, on the appearance. And pray. You have a powerful place in prayer. Find a need and meet it in someone's life. Make them so curious about why you love them that they will begin to wonder. They'll begin to ask. And the Bible says you always need to be ready to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. Let your neighbors see the love of God in you so much that they want to know why you're treating them so nice. Why did you do this for me? Why do you like me? Because... God does, because God cares about you, because God has done something in my life, and I just want to share with you about Jesus. And then verse 17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm not the man that I was, that I was, that was, the devil had plans for my life. He had plans for me to be an alcoholic, like my, all my older brothers. He had plans for me to go to prison, like all three of my older brothers. I'm telling you, God has changed my life. You wonder why I love him so much. The Bible says those who've been forgiven much will also love much. That's why I'm so in awe of the revelation of the Father's love. It's because of where I came from, because of what I see that God has done in, in my life, the grace that God has poured out into my life. And I'm going to finish here in just a moment, and I want to pray for you. I want to pray for a revelation of the Father's love in your life like you've never had before. I want to pray that during this season that God is going to open up the windows of heaven and pour out his heart on you, that you'll have a revelation of God's love like you've never had before, that God's love will flow into you and flow out of you to affect the atmosphere around you. That's what it says, that the key is being in Christ. It's, it's being opening your heart and allowing Christ into your life.
And if there's anybody here today and you've never made that decision, today's a good day for you to open your heart to Jesus Christ and receive Jesus Christ and let him reveal his love into, into your heart. But today, I want to speak a blessing over all of you as I finish out today. Your pastor said that God has called me to be a father, and he has. And it's so miraculous to come from the situation of abusive father that I had growing up and that God would reveal his father love to me and call me to be a father in the kingdom of God. It's totally miraculous, uh, amazing. But I know it's there. I know that God has given me a revelation of his love, and I have a, a love. And I want to say that I love this church. I love these people. I love you with the love of the Father. And I pray that our Father will reveal that love to you that will heal every father wound that you have in your life. And we all have them. Our fathers have disappointed us. Our fathers have wounded us. Our fathers have injured us. Even if you grew up in a, in a good home, their father wounds. And the love of God the Father will heal those father wounds in our lives. I had to come to a place that I saw the wounds in my heart and to go to God my Father and say, there are things missing in my life. I need you to be my father in this area and this area and this area. And it continues to the day. God loves you. He loves your heart. He's not focused on your physical appearance. He's not focused on the condition of your life. He's focused on the condition of your heart. And once our heart gets healed, then things begin to heal in our lives. Things begin to change around us. Because of God working in our hearts. Would you stand up with me? I want to speak a blessing over you today. First of all, I want to speak over you an open heart. That you'll have an open heart. Open heart to God. Open to receiving revelation. Open to receiving the Father's love for you. The Father's healing love. The Father's restoring love in your life. I pray and I bless you with an open heart, a seeking heart, a heart that is a heart after God, a heart to pursue God, a heart to know God, a heart to be known in your inner being by God and to have a deep revelation of the Father's love in your life to heal all the wounds of your life, to heal the Father wounds, to heal the wounds that you had growing up that the Father's love will pour out upon you. I pray and I believe that God reveals his deep love for you to the point that you recognize that you're called to be prosperous and very successful in all that he has called you to do. I pray for the blessing of God to come upon you, the blessing of God to overflow in you, the blessing of God to abound in your life, the blessing of God to flow out from your life in every area for your children, your grandchildren, your brothers, your sisters, your mothers, your fathers, that the love of God will flow out through you to them. I pray for a deep and intimate knowledge and intimate relationship with God in your life. May God reveal his love to you. May God reveal his inner working in your life to release his power in you and through you. 
I speak a blessing over these pastors and a blessing over this church. I pray and believe that this church will fulfill all of the all of the will of God that God has for this body of believers here in this valley. I pray and I believe that the vision of this house will be fulfilled because of the love that's at the core of the vision and the heart of this house to love God and love people. I pray that it will flow out over this valley to bring many people to know Jesus Christ, to know the love of God, to know the revelation of the Father's love. I pray and I believe that you will see increase in all the good things in your life, that you'll walk free from everything of the past and to walk into a glorious present and future with God that God has for each one of you. I believe the hand of God is upon you. I believe the hand of God is resting upon your life to bless you and to guide you, to show you greater things than you've ever known before. I believe that he will increase the territory of your life, that he will expand your understanding. I believe that you will be a blessing wherever you go because of the revelation of the love of God in your life. I pray this and I believe this and I bless you today in the name of Jesus Christ. If you receive it, say amen. Thanks again for listening to this message from River Valley Church. Do you know someone who would be encouraged by it? Make sure to share it with them this week. Again, for more content from us, please check out our website at rivervalleyboise.com.